0: Hey, it's Le Magic cast time. Remember us? That's right, folks. We're back. It's been a little bit, but wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? What's that? It seems like Roma has just signed another 15 players. I don't know how any of this is possible. Sabatini is clearly on something that we should all be taking. Alex, welcome back to Le Magic cast How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. Thank you, Greg. You know, for the nine thousand straight show, we want to apologize for mm-hmm. a little bit of our infrequency, but... I think we would all kind of agree that with the pace and the amount of changes that were happening with Roma anything that we would record and then put out would instantly become outdated so Alex mm-hmm. let's, let's start with the Mercato we've got a lot to cover we're going to cover uh, the Mercato we're going to cover Fiorentina game uh, and Champions we're going to cover Champions League exactly mm-hmm. so let's Let's start with the start of the summer and you know before we get into names and and players and what what did you think was the need? So let's let's try and match up the need with how uh Sabatini and company went out and filled that need.
1: We need to rewind and go back to the the last time we had a podcast I think and I I Honestly don't remember everything we said but uh, I I do I do believe we talked about the need of a forward and uh, I think Drogba was mentioned right right uh, and that kind of um, backup for Destro who at that point we saw as a clear starter up front and I think it was quite clear that we needed uh a forward, but, uh, just not what kind of forward we would get. So when we, when we got the Turbe, uh, I would say given uh, Garcia system, I, I thought that was uh, also the kind of player we needed because we were too dependent on Gervinho.
0: You know, for me, it was, uh, it was a, a little bit different. I mean, obviously I, I was happy to get the Turbe, but my, My issue, I don't want to say it's an issue. My thoughts on what our needs were, um, were maybe a little bit different. I didn't want to have Gervinho but Jervinho playing on the other side. So in other words, you know, two Jervinos, I wanted somebody that was going to be a little bit better at, uh, you know, being able to break down those defenses when, you know, we're, we're locked up against a team that's got Four or five on the back line and, and the midfielders are playing deep and, and, and we're struggling to kind of break through because those were the times that really kind of hurt the team, the club last year. So, you know, that's why I think, uh, you know, and, and tweeted as such many times, um, my preference was a little bit more Shakiri than Iturbe because he has much more of a playmaking skill as well as the pacey winger skill um uh, granted the costs and wage demands were also <laughs> considerably different for those two players and and why ultimately uh i'm going to guess um romo went for Eturbe over uh some of the other names linked
1: yeah i, I so mean I'm, i mean uh, we spoke or at least on social media about shakiri so often and i think we could have afforded him but he didn't fit the profile as you mentioned he he would be too expensive, uh, and the whole idea with this new project was to keep the wage structure, and that and that was one of the th- uh, things we struggled with Pjanic, and one of the things that more or less led to Benatia leaving, and uh, and then suddenly buying uh, someone like Shakiri. I just think he wouldn't fit that profile,
0: and, and that's the that's the real big, I guess, story to uh the entire mercato right so we're talking about wages and how important wages are and that's really what it came down to uh with Benatia as you mentioned so um the big loss and you know mercato is off times about who joined your team um but for roma we're kind of familiar with the who left our team and and this summer was uh you know certainly a, a big blow losing uh Benatia to Bayern Munich um you know the promises, who knows what the promises actually were, who knows, you know, what the, the exact details are of how wounded his pride may have been. Uh, I will say this, now that he's gone, he's really done a pretty decent job of, of, uh, talking about his time at Roma and hasn't really bad mouthed anybody or anything. Um, so that's, uh, positive from that standpoint. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we're still out our best defender.
1: Yeah. I guess, I guess the club also wanted to, to keep him for at least one more year due to the fact that they knew he would probably produce high level stuff in the Champions League. Uh, right. so. Yeah, you're,
0: yep, you're, you're hitting the nail right all on, all on the head here because, you know, it's funny when you read comments like, oh, but, but he hasn't played Champions League yet. How do we know he's that good? And, I don't know. I'd like to, I'd like to see the list of players that were really, really, really good. And, you know, I'm not talking about results, but completely and totally, you know, disappear, uh, at a, at a Champions League level. I, I mean, there are examples of national team versus league play and that flip flops, right? You have some that are good in one, but not, ne- not as good in the other. Uh, but I think defense is, is a little bit, more baselined. I think you, you're going to be pretty good. Um, you know, if you're good, you're going to be good. You know, offense is a little bit different because you have defenses to break down. Uh, but I think defensively, you know, I, I don't know that we would, if he stayed this year, that he would have been far worse that it, it makes him, you know, 15 million dollars less valuable. Yeah. So. Kudos to Bayern. They got him at a, at a decent price. Um, they're getting a world-class defender. Uh, and, you know, and he gets the, the money that he so, you know, coveted and, and we'll see what happens, you know, in the future for him, but it's also not really much of our concern except for when we play Bayern, (laughs) which we just happen to do, uh, in Champions League. But I don't want to get there yet. Let's continue to talk about, uh, Mercato. Um, so we're so we can stay with defense. We went over Manolas. We we can get to him a little bit more when we talk about Fiorentina. But as you know, it's, he's a young guy. He does have Champions League experience. So well. This is a good example, right? He's got Champions League. He's got the World Cup. And what did he cost us? Him playing in in Champions League and World Cup didn't make him a you know fifty million dollar. Center back, and by most people's assessments, he is you know highly talented. He's younger than Benatia, so you'd think that that potentially could drive up the price. Um, Obviously, doesn't have as much experience with which to have proven it, but he's played on those big stages and not shown any suffering for it. So, time will tell whether you know he can adequately fill the shoes from a traits perspective. He slots in very similarly to what Benazia brought to the table. Um, but I think we have to be really excited about uh, about this move.
1: Yeah. Uh, given our history with with the quality of center-backs, I'm, I'm I'm confident that we will have, uh, hopefully, a, a bit of luck with uh, Manolas as well.
0: People are, are quick to point out also um, Garcia's system, you know, seems to do well for, uh, center backs that Roma have got. So, uh, if you look at uh, the difference in Castan from one year to another, granted, those are huge extremes being a center back within Zeman's system, but, um, nevertheless, his performance along with confidence certainly grew, uh, last year playing within Garcia's system because Garcia has, uh, midfielders that, you know, have to help out and wingers and, and wide players that, that have to track back. Um, and then that, uh, that certainly helps, uh, the defense, uh, as a whole. So, uh, I, I definitely am looking forward to, to seeing him play. Um, again, we'll, we'll get into his performance a little bit more when we talk about the Fiorentina game, but let's stay with center backs and move on to Astori. um, a, a loan option to buy scenario. Yeah. Uh, shaky preseason looked okay, uh, yesterday against Fiorentina.
1: Yeah, and I think the same thing goes for him as well. I mean, give him some time and, and I think he can grow into the system of Garcia as well. I mean, he's a good center back. Um, just perhaps a bit overrated, uh, due to the, I think people's, mentioned like you have to pay 18 million euros to get him a couple of seasons ago no i think he's a, he's a great backup to have uh hopefully uh even though he's like you said he was he was decent now against fiorentina but has been a bit shaky in the preseason uh, among others so uh we have to give him give him some time but i think he was a a, a good uh idea to get him uh also because he's italian and uh, we don't have too many uh, italian um, right. national players on the team um a gamble worth taking
0: yeah i think that's going to be a theme that we're going to see throughout the rest of this conversation but uh we can say those points till we're done and let's let's move on to the flanks now defensively uh, Ashley Cole, Irby Emanuelson brought in, um, and then the recent Jose Holabas. Uh, Holabas. I'm fairly certain that most of these players were going to butcher their names, so yeah. everybody that's listening, roll with it. So, you know, Cole came in with a lot of fanfare, obviously, long-storied career in uh, Premier League. Uh, Emanuelson had some success. Early at Milan before struggling a little bit. Uh, but still, I think that, uh, these are decent options for us. Um, I, again, I'll, I'll reserve my comments on yesterday's game, but, uh, nothing really fantastic from either, uh, during the preseason. Maybe a couple moments here and there.
1: You know, you have to go back to Reese and Tonetto to, to give the. To get that consistent, good performance on the left back. Uh, so it's been a while. Uh, yeah,
0: that is for sure.
1: And, uh, since then, of course we had Balsaretti and we had high hopes for him and Balsaretti and then we had Dodo and, you know, we talked about so much about, uh, Dodo on this podcast. And then Sabatini goes and sell him for nine million. From a certain perspective, I can see uh, it's perhaps weird to sell a, a promising left back, young, uh, with offensive abilities to, to a rival, but for 9 million? I think that was uh, a great sale, actually. Uh, he might prove us, us wrong, but uh, he didn't show anything in the Roma shirt that said he would be sold for 9 million. Uh, how do you see the whole Dodo affair?
0: I I agree. I know that uh, the fan base is, is generally split on Dodo, but um, you and I are are seeing eye to eye here. I definitely did not see anything worth nine million, um, but I, I think the reason why the Inter fans say what they say is because he's playing in a role that's far more suited um, at Inter than than he did every day at Roma, and and with a. Three back system, he can be that, uh, wide wing back, uh, in a three five two that Matsadi is, is playing or a three four three or whatever it is that they've got him in. Um, and that relieves some of the pressure, uh, you know, on him. And I, I, cause having to come back and play defense, he was just dreadful playing defense. And, you know, our, our note of improvements for him were, Well, he didn't suck today. And, you know, when, when that's your, your only baseline for judging somebody's, uh, value, at least defensively, then that's not really going to do it for a team that's playing with four, uh, a four line, four person back line. Yeah.
1: Um, Excellent point, actually.
0: and, And then additionally, I don't necessarily think that now he had the pace uh, but his deliveries into the box were generally awful um, that may improve he is still very young um, you can see that there's glimpses there uh but you know i think maybe inters a bit more prepared to grow and we're a bit more prepared to win now all right move into the midfield and we have uh Keita. We have Sali. U-chan? Uchan. I don't know. Has anybody ever figured out how to say that guy's I name? Think, I think okay.
1: you, you you pronounce it uh, Chan. So, Uchan. Right.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. The C with the squiggle line under it yeah. is apparently a Ch sound according to Alexander Oslo. Um, I guess we officially acquired Paredes after the acquisition and loan out. And, is yeah. that it in the midfield? All right, so let's start with the elder statesman in Seduceta. Um Excellent, I'll, I'll,
1: excellent. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Greg. Uh,
0: yeah, you're right, though, right? It's it's a fantastic uh, pickup. Um, he's really shown a good amount of leadership and skill on the field. It's, it's probably one of those things where uh, Garcia, when he puts him out there, he knows he has the confidence that... You know, he doesn't probably have to tell him a whole heck of a lot what to do. Uh, he, he has a good sense of, of, uh, tactics. He has a good sense in his positioning and, and, uh, has done a really fantastic job since coming. So, yeah, uh, and I, real cheap or was he a free even? I yeah. Think?
1: And he, uh, he, he came for free and I think he's 34. So he's old, but you know, with the experience he has,
0: it's, it's a, a a great purchase. Uh
1: So um,
0: and Cole and Emanuelsson were free and and like five hundred k, right? Yeah,
1: I believe Keita might be one of the most important um, acquisitions we we done this summer. Uh, when it comes to to focus on both the Champions League and on the league, with his experience, we can we can gain a lot. So I'm looking forward to see more of him.
0: Yeah, I mean, and we can almost even count Strutman as an acquisition because he's been out for so long that when he comes back, what that's going to do for our, uh, our midfield is, is, I mean, what a wonderful problem for Garcia to have. It's going to really be outstanding.
1: Yeah. I mean, he will be a, a bonus, uh, if he gets back, but I don't expect, uh, I, I don't think they will put too much pressure on him from the start. I think he will get the time he needs to 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 come back. So um,
0: yeah, I think they definitely learned that lesson a bit from uh from the Destro situation. Yeah. Uh, not that Roma did anything wrong, but I think it was his uh, participation with uh Italy that that kind of gave Destro a bit more of uh well that was actually was that before is that actually why he needed the surgery? I don't know. Uh anyway, lessons learned from Destro's recovery. Um, and they're going to try and apply it to Strutman, make sure that he is, uh, okay to return. All right. Now let's move on to Sally John. Um, I was super impressed with this kid during, uh, during the preseason has, uh, does not really necessarily play with, um, the inexperience of sorts that he has or his age. So that's always a plus. um, Deep-lying playmaker type seems to be his most comfortable role, uh, but also has uh, the ability to move forward and distribute and or uh, approach the goal himself. So good stuff from him so far. Obviously, only one game in has not seen the pitch yet um, for a regular season game, but I think the, the point you want to take when you're in this part of the season and you have new players coming in and people that are learning you kind of create this internal sense of confidence when you see a substitution is about to be made and you see a player coming onto the pitch. And that internal sense of confidence that I have for him is pretty high. I don't feel like we're going to be losing uh, much when he comes on the pitch, depending upon who he comes on for.
1: Well, if he comes on for Pjanic, I'm sure you will be quite relieved. <laughs>
0: Number one critic, right here, yeah. folks.
1: I think he has the, the attacking abilities, uh, to fit into Pjanic's, uh, role. I, I think he, he's also meant to be his backup as well. Uh, but I, I think Uchan also is, describes himself as a uh, more versatile player that actually can slot into the, uh, deeper, um, midfield position, so he's more, I think he, he can play uh, everywhere, even though Garcia might not share his view on, on his um, ability to slot in everywhere, but I think he's more versatile, uh, even though he might not have that great um, strength and and might not be that uh, good defensively as he is offensively but um, I, don't, I don't
0: think he's poor defensively though I mean yeah. everything I've seen so far it looks like he has a you know at least a, a good understanding of what his responsibilities are
1: yeah so I think I'm, I'm like many have mentioned in, in this summer he, he might be one of the most exciting buys an Italian team this summer so um uh but he has a lot to prove of course but like a, a colleague of mine from Turkey said he he's probably the biggest talent uh from Turkey right now so um it will be uh <laughs> it will be quite exciting to see how he fits into uh, calcio i think he will be uh uh I I mean I'm like you I'm I'm so confident that that if Pjanic is injured or needs to be subbed I think he's already ready to to fill in and uh, and do a a good job for for him
0: All right let's move up top then um I think
1: yeah because Paredes I mean we we mentioned him but you know I think he's also one of the talents I don't expect too much from him. I think he's one of those talents we have that we that might explode but might be in in a need to play a, a lot of uh, regular football. So I think he's one of those who kind of like Romagnoli st- will struggle with too little game time and right. uh, might be loaned out next uh, next year.
0: I wasn't overly impressed. Um with Paredes during the preseason, I, but I don't necessarily feel like it was his fault. I think he's played out of position. He was playing in that uh, also in that Pjanic type deep, you know, more of a deep line playmaker role. And I think he's an advanced midfielder. I think he's an attacking midfielder that does best when he's um, pushing the defense back and uh, distributing, you know, in and around the final third. So, you know it just could be that we don't have that role, and that's the closest that he could give but it is I would look to him maybe almost depending upon the lineup, depending upon the situation, you know, if we're playing a four two three one to be that middle pivot uh, and, and see how he could be successful in that kind of a role uh, versus where he's where he played most of. The preseason, I mean, having him sit and, and ping pong back and forth with the defenders, which is, you know, a good piece of all he did during the preseason, um, was not us getting the most out of, uh, what I feel is a, a skilled player. So time will tell on him. Uh, but I agree with your assessment. Um, an excellent point bringing up Romagnoli, uh, as a, as a defender that we didn't really talk about because he's an he's an outgoing player um but that that they both probably need that time to play um much like uh, i guess the next player we could talk about if we move up uh, up top uh, which is Sanabria. i'm not sure what the plan is going to be for him the mercato obviously closes tomorrow uh so i'm curious to see what happens with that scenario um but what were your what were your overall thoughts on Snabria?
1: You know, um I'm not able to say actually because this summer I I enjoyed holidays and didn't uh, watch uh any of the games besides
0: Liverpool. So what you're saying is you should no longer be on the magic cast because you didn't watch any of the preseason friendlies is that what I is that what I, that's what it sounded like you said that?
1: Uh, <laughs> you know, when you play those stupid games in the the, the stupid American time zone, don't expect me to... Uh, I, get, well, I got the life over here, okay?
0: Okay, so there's five friendlies and 38 regular season matches. So you're going to complain about the time zone for five games when we've got <laughs> 38 that are inconvenient time times for us. All right, yeah. I see how it is. Your card has been revoked. <laughs> no, <laughs> um,
1: I'm I I've seen too little of Sonabia.
0: Here's here's my take. He did play wide, uh, mostly because the times that he was in, he was subbing on with Borriello, or there was somebody else that was still on the pitch uh, that would take that, you know, Destro or or whomever. Um, But I don't think that's, that's his best role. I think his best Mm -hmm. role is to play centrally. And I think the time, the times that he drifted centrally or if he happened to be there for a spell were when he did the show, you know, was shining the best. Um, so I think if we're in a mode where we're playing with a center forward, he would be our first choice after Destro um not counting Totti as playing as a center forward obviously that you know when he plays it's always a false nine or or even deeper than that but just in terms of strict center forward play i i can see him going you know behind behind Destro but i don't know if there's enough trust there uh i i think when he did play that way he did show that he has he definitely has some skill uh and i I'd, I'd love to see him play centrally a bit more um, I think when he played out wide, he looked a little bit less comfortable. Uh, I, I could be wrong where his where he has historically played. So if that's the case, I apologize. Um, but additionally, if that is the case and and he he does play wide normally, he doesn't look comfortable doing it. So take that for what it's worth.
1: Well, but he is also like you said, one of those players that really just needs to play to to. To grow perhaps. Yeah, uh, they're young,
0: you know, they, they gotta get time on the pitch and they, I'd love it if it were to, to still be at Roma somehow, some way to get him those minutes, but I I honestly can't see how that would be possible. So if we are going to loan him, I don't want to, I'd hate to loan him to Spain. I don't Mm. know that that's necessarily going to be the best for him. I don't know if we have a whole lot of options. So let's jump into uh, Champions League draw before we get to the Fiorentina match.
1: But do do we want to mention? It's the last day of the mercato, so the timing of this podcast could have been a bit better. Maybe <laughs> uh, just
0: and we can just say that we're going to get another center back, uh, and and you know the the Rabiot deal is is out there. Who knows what's going to happen there? I saw some numbers today that. PSD was asking for that really kind of looked insane. And I, I don't understand that deal to begin with because as we just mentioned, we already have players in the system that are that, you know, deep lying playmaker type, which is what he is. But we'll find out, uh, you know, in tomorrow, whether, whether that happens or so potentially even today, whether that happened or not. So. Yeah. All yeah. right. So champions league draw. It went really really well for Roma. Um, and by really really well I mean probably the worst possible draw we could have gotten.
1: I disagree.
0: Uh, <laughs> well no it, it, it totally could have been worse. Um, but it certainly didn't go well.
1: I, I do agree of course that it's a one hell of a group. Very tough. <laughs> it will be very difficult to progress.
0: But and let's just we can just lay it out there Bayern, Man City, Moscow and Roma. Yes.
1: It was either in group with Porto, Shakhtar, and Bilbao, or by München, City, and CSK Moscow. Obviously, Bilbao, even though they beat uh, Napoli, so they are a good team, Shakhtar and Porto sounds better for Roma, but I've seen uh, Roma in the Champions League many times, and we have struggled against Dynamo Kyiv, we have struggled against Shakhtar, and those teams really scares me the most. As I see it, we want to be in the Champions League to face big teams and watch uh, good games and test ourselves against the, one of the biggest clubs in Europe because we want to be one of them. When we face Bayern München and Manchester City, the pressure is not on us, and I think, worst-case scenario, OK, They beat us, like most people expect them to do, and we can focus on the on the league, Uh, perhaps even uh, Europa League. But I think that's a win-win because it's less pressure on us. We won't be disappointed, and we already gained economically thanks to Napoli. So I thought big games against Bayern München and City suits us quite well, actually.
0: Those are all those are all really good points, and and on top of that. Uh, somebody had posted this on Twitter, I don't remember who, and I think they were quoting somebody of noteworthiness. Uh, but basically, you know, Roma didn't want to be in that group, but nobody in that group wanted Roma. Yeah. So, uh, there's a certain amount of respect that they understand, like, well, it could have been better for them too if Roma wasn't in that group. It's not just, you know, a one-way street. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, who knows? I think additionally, playing that that tougher competition um, also prepares them better for the rest of the season. Uh, I, I did see a spell, though, you know, where there was like a three or four stretch Champions League game and it's either preceded by or followed by like Inter, Juve, Napoli, and it's, it was like really horrible Matches, uh, that -hmm. were either right before or right, um, after Champions League, uh, games. Um, so that's a bit unfortunate and, um, I think, uh, Theo Abate, uh, made the, the joke about, you know, getting on a stranger's scooter and, and riding Mm -hmm. away the way (laughs) De De Laurentiis did, Mm -hmm. um, basically for the same reason when he saw uh, the schedule uh for napoli um but anyway I, I think it's it could really help prepare them and and like you said there's there's probably more benefits to this layout than than any other um so i think they'll do well i think they'll do well and and what well means is pretty relative <laughs> i think it'll be uh the, there will be positives to be taken no matter what the results are but you know, they have shown historically, uh, as you mentioned, not only have they struggled against some of the weakers, but they've also taken down the giants. Yeah. So.
1: Didn't we, we... end up in Chelsea's group last time and won that? So.
0: I think the last time was, uh, I think that was the time before. The last time was with Ranieri when we had that huge comeback against Bayern. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And so we, we met
1: we... Shakhtar and got smashed. Was
0: that that game, man? I don't remember. I'm... Um, but all right. So, not the best draw, potentially not the worst draw. We'll we'll see. Either way, there's when you really think about it, and you did a great job of kind of pulling out all these uh, points on the on the periphery of really looking at it objectively, saying there's probably going to be way more positives that come out of it than than not. So,
1: I think it's a group where everyone can really beat everyone.
0: All right. Um let's move on to finally. Uh first match of the season, Fiorentina uh at home. Um so much to like about the match, so much that was incredibly different than the preseason, and I was I was glad to hear Garcia kind of make that point uh about how different it was and how he had been, you know, kind of wanting to see this version of, of Roma. Uh, during more of the preseason, but didn't. But I guess if you're going to pick one of the times to see the team play the best, regular season <laughs> would be it over preseason. So start off. Give me your, your thoughts on the, on the game in general.
1: I think Montella now has lost six out of six against us.
0: He's, he's doing, he's still doing wonderful work for Roma. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I'm, I was quite surprised how poor Fiorentina was in the first half. I think uh, Montella wanted to go out defensively, which would have made a lot more sense if this was two months into the campaign. But the first game is always the most difficult one because there's so much pressure. Players are nervous. And, you know, since uh, the last uh, game of last season... And the whole talk about Roma being favorites, I I just expected us to be a lot more nervous going into this match. The preseason has also been not that great, so I was thinking this is a typical draw. I would expect Fiorentina and Roma to just not be at their best, and and Roma perhaps struggling uh, to produce. But the first half was really where Roma left off last season so of course we didn't capitalize on the on our chances and uh, in the second half we, we became more nervous and and Fiorentina suddenly realized they had a chance so we we made it quite tough for ourselves in the second half and uh, a great de santis saved us uh before Gervinho finally scored um but I think it was a it was a good game from Roma if you consider the fo- first four to five and if you look beyond the blackout in the second half for the twenty five minutes I think Fiorentina, if not dominated but at least scared us um I think it was quite a uh, quite good game given it was our first and there's still a lot of things to work with before we are fully fit and uh, and uh and ready
0: Yeah I think that's a a Really good summary when you look at uh, That first half And you look at the things That Garcia wanted to see And that weren't ex- existing In the preseason they just had so much more Patience uh, It was very similar to Last year's opening game um, Again uh, was it Livorno? I think yeah,
1: uh, Yep 2-0 was it Or was it De Rossi and
0: yeah and uh Florenzi. Yeah. Um and the the patients they didn't score in the first half but you could see how much that uh, they were willing to be patient with the ball and and to try and and bring the defense out so that they could try and get some balls behind the defense and and the way you do that is you know taking some shots from distance um, and and really trying to uh you know Lure that defense out, and they started doing that. They took a couple of shots from distance; they were all horrible, uh, but at least it sends a message that we're willing to do this. Um, and eventually, you know, you're going to catch some players out of position. Now, the first goal came from a mistake by Fiorentina. Poor giveaway. Um, Nangle did a great job picking up the ball, pushing, pressuring the defense, and distributing to Gervinho. Uh, could have done maybe a little bit better on, on the shot, but got it on frame, rebound went back to Nangon who put it in the back of the net with a very, uh, it was more difficult than it, than it looked. Yeah.
1: It was yeah. an amazing goal.
0: Yeah, he did a great job. Yeah. And, uh, and then yeah, the, the, you know, the first half possession was, was the key thing. And the second half we, we seemed to lose a little bit. I think guys may be a little bit tired, you know, still working on trying to get to that. That uh, that fitness level, and um, you know, it showed possession started drifting back towards Fiorentina. They had chances, um, but then we started getting into our good counter game, and that's when the chances started coming back to us. And I eh, could should have scored on at least one of those uh, before Gervinho finally ended the game with with his goal. But uh, I, I was encouraged. I was very happy to see what I saw. I'm very much looking forward to them um, you know continuing to work and, and continuing to improve because like you said, there definitely is room for improvement.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean So, um some things of note, Manolas on the team for two, three days immediately into the lineup, immediately making an impact. I thought he looked very, very good in the back line.
1: He looks um uh if not as as elegant as panatia maybe. He's he seems a bit rougher. Uh, yes. Very tough. Excellent, so, excellent,
0: uh, excellent, uh, assessment. I, I, I was thinking that I couldn't think of the word that I would have used to, to describe Benate, but there's definitely a, a more brutish element. The result is generally the same, but it's not as <laughs> nice looking, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yep. he looks like the player that people claimed he was, uh, uh and, and he has shown also for Greece and uh, and Olympiacos, so he he's probably or guaranteed the center back back there. So uh, that's very that's very good to see.
0: Astori, another new player, also in the back line. Mostly a good game. I think there were one or two points where he looked a little lost and and you know a little bit uh, allowed. Fiorentina to take advantage of him a little bit but overall a very good game.
1: Iturbia as well. I mean what uh, The it, um, it, it
0: Iturbia it, it, I'm going to I'm going to get to I, I wasn't the offensive force. Um gave the ball away a little bit too easily if you know a bunch of times but I I actually I want to credit him. I think he did an a, a fantastic job tracking back.
1: Yeah, exactly
0: there were so many times when uh you know you, you saw him playing deep helping out the defense and you know as it shifted a little bit less 4-3-3 a little bit more 4-2-3-1 you know he embraced the role and he was helping out and he was doing everything he could so i really want to give him credit for a hard working match you know it was a, a really good effort by him and i think he's the he's the kind of guy that I think that the more we see him, the better he's going to get. So, not really too too worried about uh, stuff right now. I think the goals are going to start to come, um, and it's going to be just as much him on those counter breaks as it is Gervinho. Yeah. Um, so, a, re- a really good effort. I, I was really kind of happy to see that. Um I, I think it's easy to see when you're moving to a, you know, a four-three-three 3 3 or a, an attacking style team like Roma is known to be, to think that that's all your responsibilities are going to be, but he did a, a fantastic job, both sides of the ball.
1: At one point I thought there was actually Cole that won the, the ball, uh, near our own, uh, box, but it was actually Iturba, so um mm-hmm. it shows what kind of a player he is. I mean, people speak of 30 million and whatnot. I don't know what the price will be. <laughs> uh, I think it's 22 million and it's probably, probably it will be more, uh, after a while. But, um, you know, he's promising and uh, there's a lot of pressure on the guy, but when he's not just a guy who, who wants to bring something in the final third, but actually brings so much in all the phases of the game, uh, right. it, it looks uh, promising.
0: Um, so, my thoughts on Ashley Cole. I mentioned this earlier. I think there's a there's a, a a growth phase that's needed in the relationship for Roma and for Cole. I think Roma doesn't know how to use him, meaning the the players uh, and and people that have played mostly in Italy. And for Cole to understand how the game is played here, because there were, I'd say maybe four, maybe five times where he made either fantastic runs or made himself available to the team and nobody saw him. Uh, because, you know, that's the way he plays. And as it was a bit more of a, of a Premier League kind of, you know, fullback play. Um, but then there's times where, you know, he looks a little bit lost or unsure and not really confident because that's making him do things that are counter intuitive to his instincts based on his years in the Premier League. So there's there's definitely a, a growing pains period that the, the you know the team or, you know, Cole playing in Italy is going through versus Cole and his his natural instincts. Um when those two meet up, I think we're gonna see a very different uh ashley cole in terms of what he's able to bring or how the team is able to take advantage of what he can do i just i would catch it like at the corner of the tv and i'm like oh my god he's wide open or or he's making himself available for the team to to switch fields whatever the case may be and it was just like he wasn't even on the pitch so i think it's going to wind up working out it's just going to take a little bit more time
1: yeah uh it, it was his best game so far in the Roma shirt. Uh defensively very capable. Um yes. He, he might be the one of the those players who needs to adapt to to Italy and needs a bit more time. Uh, yeah, and traveling around the United States of America might not uh you know speed that process.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, Speaking of best game ever in a Roma jersey, um, that has to be N'Golan's best game since he's joined. I mean, he was everything and everywhere. It was an amazing game. He was fantastic tracking back defensively, as he usually is, um, but was able to actually provide some offense as well, which we knew he was capable of, but didn't see maybe as much as we would have liked um, in the half season that we had him last year, uh, but you know, fantastic pass to Gervinho for his goal. Um, great work. Uh, in the great tackles, the goal that he yeah. scored.
1: Yeah. To conclude, I think maybe we should just mention every new player who played yesterday and. I think the final guy we have to mention is Keita. since we oh, brought, right.
0: he came in, that's right. Yeah. And
1: uh and I think we spoke about him earlier on the podcast and yep. I said what he brings is is calmness. I mean, he's one of those players who who won't crack under pressure. So, you know, this is a guy who who played regular football for Barcelona. So, um and he still has a lot of football in, in him. So, uh, I was quite happy to uh, to see that Roma landed him and that he did a good job for us uh, when he came on
0: yeah and and you're right it's at the in those moments it's not about being better at offense or being better at defense it's a mentality game right yeah. it's all about how you know how he handles different situations and all of that experience which is why they brought him in you know allows him to just understand what he has to do in order to help not just himself, but the entire team, be successful. And I think that was pretty evident. Uh, and he made some key plays towards the end of the game where he's just disrupting Fiorentita's attack or regaining possession and calmly distributing. Whatever the case may be, there were uh, a few instances um, where he really just kind of, you know, marshaled that midfield and helped stem the flow of... uh of Fiorentina's attack and, and keep possession for Roma so they could kill out the remaining minutes. Yeah. All right. Well, I, this is a long one. So we thank you all for, for kind of hanging in with us. Um, our goal as always is to get these out to you guys a little bit more frequently. So we're going to work on that uh, for the 2014, 2015 Roma season. And we talked Mercato, we talked Champions League, and we talked Fiorentina. A nice 2 nothing win for Roma to start the season. Any final thoughts?
1: Well, Empoli is next, isn't it? I think it's Empoli. Yeah,
0: after the national break. team break. Yep.
1: No, so uh, looking forward to it.
0: Awesome. Grazie, Roma.
1: Grazie, Roma. Ciao. Ciao.